Matthew chapter number 1. We're going back to our studies that we've been at. Matthew chapter 1. And uh, we have been in the genealogy or the ancestral line of Christ for the past three weeks. I started to go down through, and this will be good a study for you. You can do it at home as well. Is go down and pick out those names all the way through. Line them up with the Old Testament from Hebrew to Greek. And, or from Greek to the Hebrew in this case, and uh, look those words up in a concordance and get the meanings of them. It'll help you. You don't have to do that. You don't have to know that. But I'm curious about my Bible, and so I've done that uh, a few times in, in, in the course of, of history or in the course of times that we've been studying. And so now we've had three lessons out of the book of Matthew. And isn't it kind of strange that right here Christmas time we're looking at the Christ child uh, fixing to be at the time of that. And of course, people do not know, and they have a lot of arguments on when and all that. But I do know Christ was born. And the Lord has let some of that be confused because so, what God don't want you to know, He won't let you know. And when He don't let you know, you might as well just shut up and quit fooling with it. And go to the things that God wants you to see. There's so much we sometimes miss in our Bible by trying to go get something that nobody else has ever figured out. And God has already told him you can't find out. So this is one of them about the date. You know, they got the thing that he was, wasn't born on zero. He was born on certain certain time, A.D. once, as uh, uh, B.C., all this stuff. They got the times. And so I, I'm not even... Uh, you know, look concerned about the date. I just know he came. That's what I'm concerned about. And I don't look at it for the pagan sense of it either. I look at it from what it is. So God has originated this. And it's strange that he put this at the first chapter and the first verse of the New Testament. And so he, he intends for us to see it. So we open the New Testament. You're going to have to study a little bit about what I've been on for the last three weeks. And uh, we could go some more, and I started to, and then I thought, no, we'll never get through this because I want to look at the book of Matthew for a while. And I pray that the Lord might help us. So we're going to go down to verse 18 this morning. In verse 18 of the book of Matthew, uh, chapter 1. And we're going to look at it from a standpoint of, of what we will find out of the book of Matthew. Now you remember things change and things happen. When you get to uh, the 12th chapter, 11th and 12th chapter of Matthew, things change. I've done said that before, I believe in our Bible study, but as you look at this, you're going to find that God sends out his call here, and he's talking about mainly in the first portion of the book of Matthew about the kingdom of heaven. There is a kingdom on the earth right now, but it's not the kingdom of the Lord. Amen. It's not the kingdom of heaven. It's the kingdom of the earth. It's the kingdom of the world. Because I talked to you about when the Gentiles, come, you know, the fullness of the Gentiles come in. Gentile, this world is under Gentile authority. The Jews on the sideline, they refuse Christ. The church is not running the world. Amen. It makes a change in it, and God never promised the church that it was going to change society. I'm talking about in kingdomship. 
He, tell, he promised us that He had changed lives. He told us to go preach and teach and baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. And the church is making a change. It's a very little change now compared to what it was way back yonder because the church is not what the church used to be in the eyes of people. In the eyes of God, nothing's changed. He's still the head of the church. He's still the foundation. He's still in charge of the church and the things it does except um, the changes. The, the, he could be more charged is what I'm trying to say, but we just don't let him do it. The church today has got a mind of its own. Amen. Somebody said, I don't believe that. Well, that's all right. Keep studying. Amen. Keep coming. I keep showing you the scripture. I'll get it over and over and over. We'll just keep going over it. That's why I repeat myself now. 25 years ago, if I said it one time, I wouldn't tell you again. Because I'd heard people said he repeats himself about other preachers. And I was not going to be a preacher that repeated himself. Until one day God struck my heart. And let me know that I had to repeat everything I uh, taught at my house hundreds of times. God had to repeat it to me hundreds of times before he ever caught on. Amen. I'm talking about with children, uh, with husbands and with wives. Amen. Just people in general. Amen. You'll get a brand new job. Go on it. They give you a little manual. And they say this is the rules and regulations of what you can and can't do at this place. And uh, you throw it in the corner and uh, just disobey it and see what happens. And they'll say, it's in your manual. You'll say, I didn't know. I didn't know. I ain't never seen that. Well, they give it to you to read. Amen. God said, I got a book for you. Right here it is. And this is the instruction manual for a child of God. Ain't you glad you don't have a manual like this on your job? Amen. <laughs> you you do, yeah. Flying airplanes, I guess so, yeah. Amen. But I want to say today that uh, thank God I've got a manual here. So I want to go to the the different portion of it, and I'm this is something we look at, and I usually do every every Christmas. I like still what they they call the Christmas story. Uh, it's not, uh, uh, you know. One, I said, when is it? About one, uh, all through the night, they had visions. Or you know, I'm not talking about it. That's not the Christmas story to me. Amen. I don't, see, I can't even remember it. So let's look at this. Verse 18 says, now the birth. Now he's given us the lineage. It's a complete lineage, if you will. It's a lineage with no errors. This lineage from chapter 1, verse number 1 to verse and through verse 17, is God's record of His Son. Because it starts off with the book of the generation of Jesus Christ. And He's going to be a king one day. And He's going to be portrayed in Matthew as the king of the Jews. So if He's the king of the Jews, you've got to have a lineage today saying you fit the kingship. And so he goes back to God the Father. Not particularly right here. He's going on the other side to get down to, to Joseph, if you will. And you'll see them. And uh, you see how it's going. And you'll see that it goes back to Abraham from, to the beginning. 
So we're getting the, the earthly lineage of the Lord Jesus. That's what we're getting here. Amen. The king has an earthly uh, lineage. He's got a heavenly lineage. And we're going to look at that later when we get to the book of Luke. And I'm going to insert it at a certain place. But we're going to see that. And so we look here, and it, it's going. that's the reason the lineage in uh, Matthew is different than it is in the book of Luke. Now, it's not that much different. It's just the start and the stop. One goes back to God or goes back to Adam, which goes back to God. And this one goes back to Abraham. So that's the difference, and God's got it in there for a purpose. Somebody said, that's a contradiction. No contradictions. If you think it is, it's between your two ears. And uh, you just have to get it in straight. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. Now, somebody says, and I've heard this for many years, I, uh, I ain't heard it in a while, but a lot of people tell you, well, this tells you the beginning of Jesus Christ. No, it don't. It only tells you the beginning of his earthly sojourn. That's what it is. Don't ever let anybody tease you or lie to you or deceive you to believe that Jesus did not exist of the first chapter of Matthew. I can give you chapter, verse, after verse, after verse, that Jesus was in the beginning with God. Amen. If you don't, I can give you one. It's very sound and solid. And that's John chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. All things, amen, were made by Him. He goes on to tell us that. Well, we're seeing now that His birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. He's going to tell you how. And Matthew's given us this to see it. And all he's telling you is that Jesus ended up through this genealogy. All this, back to Abraham, going back many hundreds of years. And uh, he's showing you how he got to this earth. And, and uh, he's going to tell you throughout the book why he came to this earth. And so now we're looking at uh, when he came. And it says, when as his mother Mary, that was his physical earthly mother. That's the human flesh part of Christ. If it had been uh, the son of Joseph, he would not have had a God part. Amen. He would have had a man part in Joseph. So God gives him a body uh, through Mary. And that's where you get the God man. And it was espoused or that is, uh, what do they call it? Uh, uh, engaged, yeah. Engaged to them. They were... Um, put together and in uh, just not 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 marriage but espoused engaged to him, to Joseph before they came together, Amen. They weren't husband and wife and didn't join together. It says she was found with child of the didn't say of Joseph. That's wonderful. God put it that way. God don't want you to make no mistakes. I don't believe God holds very high anybody that denies his son through Mary. You have to believe that Jesus Christ is uh, here portrayed to be the son of God. And John portrays him that way. Mary talks about him as the son of man. And the son of man means he's, 
He's, he's all God and all man at the same time. So therefore, Luke has to give us a genealogy. So we're seeing the genealogy of the precious king. So before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. If you want to find how that happened, you, you can look at what God says in the book of Luke. So let's go over to the book of Luke. Hold your place right there. And uh, I know every bit of this, I'm telling you, you've done heard it and it's been around. I'm just repeating and I'll do it again. The Bible said in Luke chapter 1, verse 26, and in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel, he, he's the uh, announcer most of the time in the Bible. I'm not getting into that either right now. Uh, angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth. And uh, this is before uh, she was with child. It says, verse 27, to a virgin, a spouse, and that's what it says over here in Matthew, to a man whose name was Joseph, and he names the name, of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. Now, this is not... Uh, you know, the one you pray to, amen, that's who they're referring to, but you can't pray to Mary. Amen. She had to have a Savior just like you did and just like you do. And so there's nothing special about Mary except, well, that's pretty special to bring forth a child. Amen. That's the Savior. That's pretty special. I, I do honor that. But I would never think a man or a woman have to pray to Mary. Right. Amen. I don't even find that nowhere near in the Scriptures. I just try to follow the Bible. And the virgin's name was Mary, verse 28. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Now that's a good thought today. If anybody in here could get highly favored with God, if you can figure that out, do it. Don't come bragging to me about what I'll already know it. You said I'm highly favored. I'll tell you right now, I'll know when you've been highly favored. And if you can figure it out, don't sit down and write a book and make $10 million off the book. Just go on and proclaim it. And it says, Thou that art highly favored, the Lord is with thee, blessed art thou among women. And I say she was. Then it says in verse 29, And when she saw him, she was troubled. I'm sure, I'm sure. At his saying, And cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And then it said in verse 30, And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. She found favor here, but she's highly favored among God, with God. And behold, thou shalt, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son and shalt call his name Jesus. Couldn't name him nothing else. His name's brought down from glory. Jesus is his earthly name. Not his heavenly name, his earthly name. This is what he went by while he's on the earth. 
We still call Him Jesus today. Those of us who believe that He's God's Son. Those of us who believe that He's the one that's interceding for us. But I want you to look this morning, verse 31. We call Him along with it now, not only Jesus, but the Lord Jesus Christ. Christ is His heavenly name. Lord's His title. I think I told that last week. And bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. Verse 32, he shall be what? Great. Is he? Depends on who you talk to. I think it. I know it. But there's a lot of people who don't accept him. Won't have nothing to do with him. In this society, you'd be surprised. You're living among people that don't claim Jesus very high. That's bad, isn't it? Amen. They have no hope for salvation either. You'd be surprised if the people think they're going to heaven because they've been to the baptismal pool, because they've joined a church somewhere, because they do good deeds, they give uh, good offerings, they do a lot of good things for the society, but they don't accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And they think they're going to heaven, and it's not through Jesus. So I feel sorry for people like that. Amen. They're blind. They need Christ. That's why I just tell everybody. Amen. I go in sometimes, I know somebody's going to church, and I know that they've gone to a certain church for years and years and years, and I'm saying, Lord, give me the opportunity. Give me the opportunity. And I try to get a time and an opportunity where I just walk up to them and say, uh, I've known you for years and years and years. Uh, when did you get saved? And I, I just watch them. If they start hum-hawing and going around, you know. So if, they, if they look at you and say, praise God, I'll tell you that. Amen. Feel, it makes me feel good. But if they say, well, let me see. I, let me, uh, I was just a little boy or just a little girl. and Well, I don't remember how it happened. I start putting question marks as big as a, amen, a big old American flag in my brain. Wondering, did they get it? Or most of them will say, well, I got baptized when I was 13. Did he ever tell me that? If, I mean, if you're going to convince me, you'll have to lie to me on that. You brag about your baptism and you tell me, about, I'm a thinking, uh-oh, you're thinking in the wrong direction. I was baptized, but I have never claimed that for my salvation. I claimed that for my service. Then he said, he shall be great and shall be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. That used to bother me. How in the world can Jesus Christ come in later in life than David who lived before him? How in the world can Jesus Christ sit on David's throne? You know, that blowed my little brain. And when, uh, well, then the Lord showed me, well, he's already told you how. You just read it in the beget chapter. That's one way. And then, uh, and then the word of God said he's going to. And I'll show you that in a minute. And the Bible said here, 
And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. Verse 33, and he shall reign as, as a king over the house of Jacob. I know who Jacob is. His name was changed to Israel forever. Uh-oh, how can that be? Can, how can he reign over the, his, his father Abraham and David and, and uh, Jacob here? And of his kingdom there shall be no end. That, has he ever had that kingdom yet? No, not yet. That's why I preach on it a lot. Amen. I'm still looking forward to it. I'm trying to rightly divide it, though, as I go. And it says, Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest that be God, shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And he explains it. But um, Luke was only a prophet. Well, it wasn't Luke, but uh, well, he, well, he was a doctor that's quoting all this. But let's look back to Isaiah a minute. And I'm going to take my time, but I want you to get this, soak it in. Christmas will mean a whole lot more to you and for you if you see all this. You say, well, I'll note all that. Good. I'm going to remind you again. I just love to do it. All right. Let's go to the seventh chapter of Isaiah. These are my key chapters and key references when it's talking about Christmas. In Isaiah 7 and 14... The Bible said, therefore, the Lord. Amen. Do you notice how it's spelled? All of its caps. When you find L-O-R-D, that lets you know that it's Jehovah God. And that's how Jesus is recognized in the Old Testament. They're all one and the same. Not in all of them, but in the many places. Well, in verse 14, it's not capitalized, is it? I'm looking at verse 10. Moreover, the Lord, see it, spake unto Ahaz, saying, and he give us this. Verse 11 talks about the Lord. But Ahaz and I will not ask, in verse 12, neither will I tempt the Lord, capitalized. And he said, hear ye now, O house of David, is it a small thing for you to weary men, but will you weary my God also? Therefore, the Lord, and we see him, and that's, uh, this is still Jehovah because they're all the same, but I'm talking about it's not recognized as the mighty Father. And it says he is all alone. But he says, Behold, a virgin shall conceive. Mary was a virgin. He said that all ago. And bear a son, and shall call his name this time what? Emmanuel. What does Emmanuel mean? God with us. All right. Because Nick tells that. Now let's slide over into the ninth chapter of Isaiah. These are my favorite ones. And this is where I try to, when uh, they give the argument, I don't like to argue with nobody. But I will speak up. Somebody says something, I'll speak up. I'll announce it and I won't stay and argue. You know what happened? A preacher told me one time, if you ever argue with somebody about the Bible, 
All you're going to do is trade devils. There's two things you're going to make somebody mad at. Talk about politics and talk about the Bible and you'll be in a fight if you don't get out of it quick. Amen. I mean, you can be the same party that the other fellow is politically. And they'll be in a fight in a minute. You can be a, you can be a, you know, a Baptist and a Presbyterian and a, one of the greater, what they say, a higher name of that, and they'll be in a fight in a minute. Can't agree. Amen. So you don't stand there and trade devils. Look at verse 6 in chapter 9 of Isaiah. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government, notice that, and the government, you know what the government is? He's a lot of people in the world does. Amen. That's the handout of society. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called what? Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be what? No end upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom. Is he there yet? No. He's not there yet. But he will. To order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Let me see if I can find a verse that I'd like to insert in there right now. That would fit the bill right here. And it would be a blessing. Get it all over there. Uh, I think it's the 16th chapter of, of, of uh, Revelation. Uh, it's not that. Let's see. I may have to come back to it in a minute. Uh, but he said that his kingdoms, kingdoms are going to be his. I know where it is on the side of the page, but I ain't got there. All right, it's in chapter 11. Revelation chapter 11 and verse number 15. Now remember where it's going to take place. In the seventh, uh, and the seventh angel sounded. Now what are these angels? These are the trumpet judgments. And he says, and there was great voices in heaven saying, now notice this, the kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord. All the kingdoms in the world today, all Gentile kingdoms, all. He didn't say some of them. He said the kings of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. So here's where that is fixed to take place. I don't know the particulars right in that area. But I do know it's in the tribulation and the times of the Gentiles is fixing to come in right here. And when God, when it gets there, the Lord is going to get that kingdom sitting down on David's throne. Now, I ain't putting no date on it. I ain't telling you. I don't believe it's going to happen today. Amen. But it's going to happen. And it's, 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 it's on, what do they call that? It's on the agenda. It's coming. If people just take the Bible and carefully read it, 
hear it, and receive it, they'd be what? Blessed. That's what I said a while ago. All right? Now let's go back to the book of Matthew. You know what I get amazed at? How long it takes to read and study and comprehend the Word of God? I say to you, if you're not spending a lot of hours in the Word of God, you're losing. You're really losing. The Word of God takes time to comprehend. And when we die, we still have attained that place. I don't see it sometimes. Sometimes I think I've gained a lot of ground and come a long way in the Word of God. But then I pick up my Bible and read about three or four chapters over or even sometimes the next verse. And then I realize it opens a new can of worms and I say, where'd this come from? And I realize now I'm in trouble because I don't know it. And I find out how little I know about the Bible. You ever get that way? You say, no, I ain't going to get that way. No, no. You've got to read it. You've got to hear it. And you got to apply it. Amen. I, I, I tell you what, I'm amazed at how, how ignorant, and I'm not, not meaning that in a bad way today, ignorant that people who so call the name of Christ and say they know Him, so little that they know about God's precious Word. It just, it just gets me, amen, amazed. Sometimes I pick up things and read it out of it and I say, Glory to God. What truth. What truth. Where'd that come from? I stood the other day on one subject and I stayed there. And I looked at it and I got over here and I said, Praise God, I about got through that. And then I read another verse and guess what? It threw me back way over yonder where I was a while ago. And I had to go back and apply that. And uh, you know what I had to do? It's bad when you have to go ahead and insert a whole lot of stuff way back in eight or ten pages back that you'd written down. But you say, I, I skipped some stuff. How did I skip it? I thought I had it down to T, all down to the, I mean, I had it all. And I couldn't see it. But now I've got to go back, and i got to get another notebook. Have you ever wrote a sentence, and uh, the old way I do it is, of course, most of y'all on computers and all that, and I can too. I can type uh, as fast as uh, most of you in here because I had two years of typing, and I've typed and put everything on the computer. But somehow, it means more to me after I write it down, even with my uh, scratching. Sometimes I have a hard time reading that scratching, and I have to reread it, and sometimes I have to rewrite it around it. Because I didn't didn't spell it right and can't figure it out, but it's amazing to get all that and go back and do it. But I used to take a if I missed a word like put the in, I'd put it up here and then I'd put a little arrow right down there. That's when you, but it's hard to do that when you got pages that you got to insert. I ain't figured out a good way to do that. I end up usually sometimes uh, copying it and pasting it in the computer. Scanning it, copying it, pasting it, and then it looks like you ain't never missed anything. But that takes time. And I don't like to take time studying the Word of God. I'd like to know, I wanted God to show me the Bible 
when I first started preaching. He did. But he dipped it out in such small thimbles. I thought he was going to open my mouth and pour it all down. And I was going to get up the next morning and know every bit of it from Genesis to Revelation. Don't you wish you could do that? Amen. Well, then you'd quit studying if you noted it all. That's right. You never get out of that. We'll stay all right. So we're going back just a minute. Time's almost got me. And we ain't going far. But it said in verse 19, Then Joseph, her husband, that was husband-to-be, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. And so he didn't want no what you call in this day scandal. Well, I take it back. In them days, a scandal. Not a scandal anymore. Amen. Uh, that's a normal thing now. People don't pay much attention. But it's amazing how far our society has come to. It's amazing how much we have turned from the word of the living God. Now we don't hold to them things. All right. We'll stop right there and have a word of prayer and ask the Lord's guidance. Pick up there again next week. We're getting through this book of Matthew and it's appropriate because we're coming right through to, to Christmas coming up and all these fit. And we're talking about the first 12 chapters of the book of Matthew. And the, those first chapters there are on the heaven on earth or the kingdom of heaven on earth. And things change in that book. You're going to see it. And for the first 12 chapters, the Lord is trying to say to him. I am your king, I am your Messiah, I'm the one that's going to sit on the throne of David, and they thought he's going to come and destroy Herod and all them, put down the kingdom, and resurrect his kingdom. They thought that. They didn't get it from the word of God, but they, that they just knew because that's what they were looking for, the Messiah. What they're still looking for today. Messiah. They're still looking for him. Right? They call him the Messiah. And they're looking for him. He's coming. But he's already been here and done his job. But they didn't recognize him. They refused him. Why did they refuse him? Because they did not believe that he was the Son of God. That's why the Jehovah's Witnesses are not going to heaven. You said, how come you know that? Because they do, they deny that Jesus is God in the flesh. They call him an antichrist, not a Christ. That's what the Bible calls him. And so they they have to. You can't get to heaven but with and through Jesus. I don't care what religion it is on the world. The Bible teaches us that Jesus is God's Son. Plus nothing, minus nothing. Let's pray, Father. Give us wisdom as we study the Word of God. I pray, God, you'll help us to understand the truths of this book. Lord, we pray it opens up our eyes and our hearts and not only just uh, tells us again and to keep it under our mind and under our heart, but, God, that we may believe that you're the Son of God 
and that we may follow after you and we may accept you and Lord there be no division and there be no question of who we have in our heart. We thank you Lord that you dwell in our soul. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. Amen.